Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Lord is blessing me. Right now, the Lord is blessing me. Right now, oh Lord, right now, oh the Lord is blessing me. Right now, you know He woke me up. This morning, and he started me on my way. The Lord is blessing me right now. The Lord is blessing me. Right now, oh Lord, right now, oh the Lord is blessing me right now. You know he woke me up this morning and he started me on my way. The Lord is blessing me right now. The Lord is blessing me right now. Oh, Lord, right now. Oh, the Lord is blessing me. Right now, you know he woke me up this morning, and he started me on my way. The Lord is blessing me right now. Amen. You have to know that the Lord is blessing you even right now. He woke you up this morning and started you on your way. Amen. He brought us out and he brought us safely back in. The Lord is in the blessing business. Amen. Even when we don't do what we're supposed to do, even when we are not faithful to what he tells us to do, he can't help but continue to bless us because that's the business that he's in. He's in the blessing business. And the songwriter said that he's blessing me right now. Our lesson on the night comes from 1 Kings chapter 4, the full chapter of 1 Kings. 
First King chapter 4, we begin reading from verse 1. So King Solomon was king over all Israel. And these were the princes which he had, Azariah the son of Zadok the priest, Elohorep, and Ahiah the sons of Shishak, scribes, Jehoshaphat the son of Ahalu, the recorder, and Benaiah the son of Jehoiada was over the host, and Zadok and Abiathar was the priest. And Azariah the son of Nathan was over the officers, and Zebud, the son of Nathan, was principal officer and the king's friend. And Ahisha was over the household, and Adoniram, the son of Abadah, was over the tribute. And Solomon had 12 officers over all Israel, which provided victuals for the king and his household. Each man, his month, in a year, made provisions. And these are their names, the son of Hur in Mount Ephraim, the son of Dekor in Machaz, and in Shelabim, and Bethshemesh, and Elobet Hanam, the son of Heshad, in Arabat. To him pertain Sukkot, and all the land of Hefer, the son of Abinet, and all the region of Dor, which had Tephat, the daughter of Solomon, to wife, Benah, the son of Ahulab, to him pertain Teknak and Migadu, and all Bashian, which is by Zotanat beneath Jezreel, from Bashan to Abla-Miha, even unto the place that is beyond Jachnimim, the son of Geber in Ramah, Gilead, to him pertain towns of Jer, the son of Manasseh, which are in Gilead. To him also pertain the region of Argyle, which is in Bashan, three score great cities with walls and, and brazen bars. Ahinadab, the son of Edu, had Mahanim. Ahamaz was in Nathalai. He also took Basmat, the daughter of Solomon, to wife. Benai, the son of Hushai, was in Asher and in Elot. Jehoshaphat, the son of Paru, is in Issachar. Shimei, the son of Elah, in Benjamin. Geber, the son of Uriah, was in the country of Gilad, in the country of Sihon, king of the Amorites and of Ab, king of Bashan, and he was the only officer which was in the land. Judah and Israel were many, as the sand which is by the sea, in multitude, eating and drinking and making merry. And Solomon reigned over all kingdoms from the river unto the land of the Philistines and unto the border of Egypt. They brought presents and served Solomon all the days of his life. And Solomon's provision for one day was 30 measures of fine flour and three score measures of meal. Ten fat oxen and 20 oxen out of the pastures and a hundred sheep beside hearts and roebucks and fallow deer and fatted fowl. For he had dominion over all the region on, the, on this side 
the river from Tepcha even to Azza, over all the kings on this side the river. And he had peace on all sides round about him. And Judah and Israel dwelt safely, every man under his vine and under his fig tree, from Dan even to Bathsheba all the days of Solomon. And Solomon had 40,000 stalls of horses for his chariots and 12,000 horsemen. And those officers provided victuals for, for King Solomon. And for all that came unto King Solomon's table, every man in his month, they lacked nothing. Barley also and straw for the horses and dom dromedaries brought they unto the place where the officers were. Every man according to his charge. And God gave Solomon wisdom and understanding exceeding much and enlargement of heart, even as the sand that is on the seashore. And Solomon's wisdom excelled, the wisdom of all the children of the east country and all the wisdom of Egypt. For he was wiser than all men, than Ethan the Israelite, and Heman the Shalakal, and Darda the son of Mahal, and his fame was in all nations round about. And he spake 3,000 pro proverbs, and his songs were a thousand and five. And he spake of, of trees from the cedar tree that is in Lebanon, even unto the high sap that springed out of the wall. He spake, he spake also of beasts and of fowl and of creeping things and of fishes. And there came of all people, and there came to, of all people to hear the wisdom of Solomon from, from all kings of the earth, which had heard of his wisdom. First King chapter 4, verses 1 through verse 34. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading here and doer of his holy word. Once again, we thank God for opportunity to be found in the house of God on tonight to hear of his word, to learn and find out that all the things that we deal with in our society and in life as a whole is nothing new. Because Solomon wrote in the book of Ecclesiastes, for there's nothing new under the sun. Anything that is, it has been already. So everything we see from Genesis to Revelation, all of these things has been already. There's some things that haven't came to pass because it talks about some things, talks about what's coming in the future, what God has in store for his people and for this world because he said there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. Those things haven't happened yet. But things that have happened, we already seen it in our society. And sometimes we look at certain things in the church, uh, uh, in our government, and we find we, we sometimes we'll question and wonder how did these things come to be? How did they set up this type of uh, uh, government or this type of, 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 of uh, structure? And we find it right here in the Bible. David had a structure set up in his kingdom, but as we read in, in, in this chapter, the Bible said that Solomon exceeded. He went much farther. Why? Because he had the wisdom. Yeah. <clears throat> what we see, what we see today, we see in our science world. You know how they how they drone uh, animals and in, in things together. All of these things has come in the past. The airplanes and going to the moon and 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 having all different type of technology. 
Why? Because people wisdom, the understanding of people wisdom is getting greater as descendants, as each descendant come, come about. Whenever, when another generation comes, they come up with greater and bigger ideas. We find it even in our children. Little children, I remember when I was small, when I was young, kids wasn't getting teeth in their mouth until it was, what, a year, a year and something old. Now they're coming out the, the womb with teeth. They're coming out the womb with teeth. Yeah. So as, as each generation comes, we find that things is evolving even greater. Now, when we was in the book of Genesis, what, why, did the, why did the Bible say, God said that he was going to destroy man and beast? Because man, man's wisdom, his understanding had, had became, he became too wise, he had became too much knowledge in himself. When he built the, uh, the Tower of Babel, all of these things, people was generating a greater understanding of wisdom on how to do certain things. Matter of fact, even in our, in our present time right now, there's great scientists that still can't understand the dynamics of how they built uh, the pyramid. They still can't understand how it's done. And these people, we're talking about ancient times. We're talking about ancient times when these people put the, these pyramids together. And we got great scientists right now in our present world that came, still can't understand how those pyramids was designed and how they were so perfect on each angle. And so now the Bible talks about the wisdom of Solomon. It talks about the wisdom of Solomon, how that his wisdom had surpassed everybody that had came before him and there would be none like him after he was gone. Why? Because he asked God to give him an understanding heart. Not for himself, but for the people of God. And so it let us know that when we think more about other people than we think about ourselves, God don't only bless you for what you do of where your heart is, but he also bless you beyond that. He'll open doors for you. He'll make ways for you. He'll place you in the hearts of people to do good for you and not evil. Because all these people that, saw, that, that heard about Solomon, served in the Solomon, all they wanted to do is just be around him. All they wanted to do is just be a blessing to him. So if, if the Bible says it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And so what Solomon did, Solomon set up a, 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 a government that it didn't only bless his kingdom, but he also was a blessing to the people. And in order for to get something, you have to first give something. And, and Solomon set up a, a system here where that it wasn't a burden on no one person because he had 12 tribes that had provided provisions for his kingdom once a month. Each, each tribe had a month that they provided for Solomon's kingdom. For all the people that sat at his table and all the people that worked in his White House or in his kingdom, in his palace. It was just like the White House, just like our government is set up. Now, they were providing provisions for Solomon 
In our society today, what do we do? How do we take care of our government? How? Taxes. We pay money. We pay taxes. How the church is set up to be taken care of? Huh? Tithes and offerings. He didn't say throw no, he didn't say make no chicken dinners and no fish suppers and all of that. Tithes and offerings, right? Whatever his purpose in the man's heart, so let him give. Not grudgingly, not of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And so all of these people was, was, was glad that they had a part in serving the king. You know, we ought to be glad. I don't understand how we as a people of God don't be glad. To, what did the writer say? I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. We ought to be glad that we've been handpicked. Anybody in here ever been around or, or, was, or was running with a crowd of people that didn't have God nowhere in their mind? But God separated you from them people and saved you. And brought you into his house. You know, a lot of times I remember coming up, certain people that had televisions when some families was just poor than other families. You know, and, and, and you were glad that you was a friend of that family so you could go and watch that TV. You was able to go in, in, in these people's house. Everybody wasn't able to go, but you was one of them that they allowed to come in that house. Right? And this is the same thing that I'm saying about us as, as Christians. We ought to be glad because what? We was handpicked. He said, you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. You should show forth the praises of God who called you from out of darkness and brought you to his marvelous light. We ought to be glad when we enter into them doors with thanksgiving. And into his court, we ought to be glad to come in God's house. Don't sit here quiet like you have nothing to say about the God you serve. Like he ne never done anything for you. You don't have nothing to say about him, about what he done for you, what he mean to you. You ought to be glad that you was picked. These people here provided for Solomon's kingdom. The only one that he, he didn't put a taxation on was Judah. He showed favoritism to the tribe that he came from. All the rest of them, they served, each one of them served a month. Twelve tribes, how many months in a year? Twelve. So each one had a month to do what? Bring provisions to the, to the house of the king, to his palace. Yeah, well, you know, Joseph was one of the twelve sons, right? You had twelve of them. One of them was Joseph. One of them was Levi. The tribe of Levi became the priesthood, right? So they didn't have to provide. Joseph died in Egypt. And he took, they took his two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, and he counted them with the 12. So two from 12 leave what? Ten. Okay, the two from Joseph, two, Joseph's two sons, was put back in there to make up the what? The 12. Follow me, son. Follow me. Follow me. That's, that's, how, that's how the 12 tribes came back. Judah was separated from them, and they didn't have to, they didn't have to do this. Because why? They was in the house. 
They was in the house. And so he showed favoritism more or less to the tribe of Judah because that's the tribe that he was that he came out of. Where David came from, the tribe of Judah. Where Jesus came from, the tribe of Judah. So favoritism was showed to that tribe. Favor is showed to the house of God. God didn't give you favor, man. You know, sometimes we count favor as monetary things. But God favored you when he saved you when he didn't even have to. And some of the things that we did after we got saved, he could have let us die in our sins. But because of his favor, he brought you through it. Gave you a chance to repent, rededicate, recommit yourself back to him. Judah had favor. And so the government is now set up. And all the people that David had in his in his government, Solomon kept them. Why? Because he can trust them. Why, why didn't he kill Abby Eighth of the priest? He told him, say, because you suffered with my father when he ran from my brother Absalom. He said, I'm not going to kill you. He said, but I'm going to dismiss you from the priesthood. And so all of those that suffered with David, that was loyal to David, Solomon kept them. And some of them that, that, that David didn't have, Solomon added because what they said, that they was his friend. Who all uh, Trump got up there with him? Family and friends. <laughs> Why? Because these are people that you can trust. You find in churches, when, when they vote a pastor in, the, the, the board is already set up. No, it's full of family, full of other people's families that's in that church. When a pastor is, 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 is voted into a church, a board is already set up. That board runs that church. Everything that that's go on in those type of churches, those traditional churches, it goes through that board. The pastor, more or less, in a traditional church like that, he's just... A figurehead. He's just a figurehead. He, unless he have family that's on that board, he might have a little bit more voice. But if he don't have family that's on that board, just like Sister Evans says, he's dictated to. And he has to go to the board in order for to get certain. What do the president have to do? Do he have the power to do what he want to do? He got to go to Congress, right? Just like he's trying to get that, that legislation passed with the, with the uh, health care. It passed through Congress, but now it's got to go through the Senate. Now, if the Senate don't pass it, it goes back. So you can't do things on your own. Regardless of how much power you have and what position you're sitting in, it got to go to somebody else. Government, we the people. This, isn't this how, how what they tell what they call them, the forefathers? How did they set it up? We the people. So everything is done by the people. When it's time for regardless of whether they're good or bad, 
when the time come up to be for re-election, how else could they, could they put themselves there? Who got to put them there? The people. And so as time went on, they set up in our government a thing called college, uh, what they call them? Electoral college. Regardless of whether you have the popularity votes, if you don't have the, have the electoral votes going through the college, you still don't win the presidency. And in most cases, it's the states that call that hold these these electoral votes. If they, if that if that individual win that state, then in most likelihood they're gonna give him those electoral votes. No, because guess what? Even after they they proclaim a winner, it's not until after the president is sworn into office that they more or less certified those electoral votes for because they can take them. They can take them back. They have to certify those votes. So what Solomon did, he used his, he used his head and he put his family and his friends there. His friend was more or less, what is, what is uh, Trump's daughter to him and his son-in-law? Advisors. And so his friend was there to give him advice. He was looking in the mob when he got the yes. It is even you're right, even in the mob. Even in the mafia you find them. A cast they call them Cassieras. So everybody look, everybody to how high you get, everybody needs somebody to be able to tell them something. You hear people say, man, can't nobody tell you nothing. And it's bad when nobody can't tell you nothing. It's not good when you can't listen to somebody. Somebody should be able to get, get, be able to, get to you. <clears throat> In verse 20, it says, Judah and Israel were many. As the sand which is by the sea in multitude, eating and drinking and making merry. So now since everything had been established, Solomon's position as king over all Israel. So everybody now on the surface is getting along. You heard what I said? It's, it's on where? On the surface. They, they, you, you put on a good show. But there's always what they call an undercurrent. Do we have it? Put on a good show, but there's an undercurrent. Somebody's not getting along with somebody. Somebody is upset about something. There's always some type of undercurrent. Why? Because the devil is busy. The Bible says he is the accuser. Of the brethren. He always saw in some type of doubt, some type of confusion and division among the church. That's his job. Yeah, he's good at what he do. You know why? He don't take a break. He will come in your sleep, give you nightmares. He don't take a break. We, as the church, we take a break. 
We get tired. Oh, I ain't going to go tonight. Oh, I ain't going to go this Sunday. When we take a break, the devil don't stop doing what he, what he, what he do. He's still a devil. No. Just like God is God, regardless of whether what we do or what we don't do, the devil going to still be the devil. And so now, what they're doing? They, 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 they're getting along right now on the surface. Because now that, guess what? They eliminated Judah from giving tribute to the king any one of those months. Now, out of them people, out of all them people, come on. You don't think somebody talking? Huh? Well, what's wrong with Judah? Why did he, he from that tribe, or, or since he from that tribe, he ain't letting them do nothing. He don't, he don't get no money or nothing from them. There's going to be always some talk when there's favoritism shown. Right, you're not a politician. This was, I was just getting ready to tell you that. Or they got someone that comes out and says. Now the, the 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 speaker the speaker of the Republican House the speaker he he said he wasn't gonna vote for him and he wasn't right. he wasn't gonna he wasn't gonna uh, support him it was the it was the rest of the Republican Party went to Ryan to to bring them together but what that was what where 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 was that how did how did it show that they were together. Only on the surface. So they're eating and making merry, and all of this is just only on the surface. Because you got some people that's talking because Jude is not included in paying tribute, distribute money each month. Everybody waiting on them, but Judah. No, because it brings dissension. That's why we have Bible studies, to see the decisions that other people made that we can learn from. I used to hear the late Pastor Crow used to always say, we don't have to live by trial and error because we got the Bible before us. And we saw that certain decisions that they made, what circumstances came behind it? Because behind every action, I don't care how much wisdom you got. 
You're still, you're still clothed in flesh. You're still clothed in flesh. But all that wisdom, why did he have to have 300 wives and 1,000 concubines? Why did he have to have that? Everybody that passed through Jesus, right? Yes. Leading up to Christ. Yes. Now we see that from a, from, from, a, from what they would call uh, predestinated. A Monday morning quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. But leading them in this time. Yeah. Now even through all of this, they don't. At this point in time, they don't see Christ coming. But some people see the Messiah coming. But don't know from in this in this particular time right here? From what, from what tribe he's going to come out of, where he's going to come They know he's coming. Well, he's well, it was stated in the book of Genesis that, that the scepter won't depart from out of, from out of Judah until Shiloh comes. It was stated. But, just, but look, listen to what I'm saying. Some people can read the Bible but don't understand what they're reading. The same way a prophecy was given during this time, but they didn't understand this prophecy was concerning Christ. Right. Because they didn't start talking about the coming of Christ, or about his prophecy, until the prophets, till, till, till you get over in, into the minor and the major prophets. They're the ones that start pointing people towards the coming of Christ. But they always was taught. It was always being taught. They was taught about God. That's why, that's why when Jesus came, the Pharisees and the Sadducees fought Jesus so hard because they said that he spoke against the law. And who had the law? The law came from Moses. The five books, of, they call it the Pentateuch. The Pentateuch. The five books of the law. This is what they taught the people. And when he spoke out against that, because in, in Leviticus, it tells you an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, right? But Jesus came and he spoke up on the mountain. He said, love your enemy. Before they were saying, hate them. If they kill you, you kill them. If they take your child, you take their child. If they take your, your camels, you take theirs. So, Pastor, what, what do you think to the point that, you know, say that, well, God, God is a, 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 a He's not a. He's not a. a, 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 a he's not the author of confusion. Of confusion right. right. So, so, so being or, no, it's not. I, w I want you to say what you're saying. It's right. not being carnal minded. You're asking some good questions. So why is that not confusing? Okay. Everybody over in the Middle East is what? Well, 
but they're different type of Muslims. Shiites and different types. That's why you, that's why they're fighting one another. They're killing one another up because one is a Shiite and one of them is a, is something else. Okay, but they're all supposed to be Muslims. Some of them they call uh, radical Muslims and peaceful Muslims, but they are Muslims, right? And they don't have no love for the Christian that's over there. Have no love for the Jews, right? So. Right now, even as we speak, there's still controversy over this dome, this big dome that they sit over there. And, it, and, and, and the Palestinians, they claims it, as well as Israel claims it, to be their land. And the dome supposed to represent the place where they buried, where, where, the, where the tomb of Jesus was, or, 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 or Abraham. A Moses or one of them. So one of them that one of the the, the, the people that the Muslims that believe in 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 Muhammad and the other one believed in Jesus. This is where the conflict and the controversy comes in at. Now, uh, 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 coming from your question to help you to understand what I'm saying and what the Bible is talking about. When you're in kindergarten, they can't teach you stuff that's in second or third grade. You have to come through it gradually to learn in stages. The Bible said that the Old Testament was our schoolmaster. This is the thing that taught us concerning Christ. Because even in the book of Genesis, when they, when, at, the, at the very first verse, they say, let us, talking about the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. Make man in our own image. When you say our, that's plural. There's not no singularity. All right? Now, when you're in kindergarten, you can't understand a third grade lesson or a fifth grade lesson because it's, it's above your, your level. Right? The same way here, here in the church. Some things that you hear in, from me are from somebody else's mouth. Some people get it. And some people, it pass over their head because they're not on that level. That's why Pastor Cross used to always tell us when we teach or preach, try and teach it and preach it as if though you're speaking to a child so that everybody can understand what you're saying. Everybody don't understand the Bible because everybody's not on a certain level. And there's you have people that have been in church 40 years that still don't know about the book of Genesis, less known the birth of Christ. The Bible said Jesus came through 42 generations. So each one of these chapters that we go through is, and these generations is pointing toward him. But the people of that time didn't see that. All they saw was the law of Moses. And this is what they lived, this is what they taught. And they talk about Yahweh, Jehovah. This is all they knew. Even David. That's all they knew. Even the books of Psalm, uh, uh, David gives, I believe it's in the 18th book of Psalm, or the 22nd book of Psalm, where he talk about, about Christ. Talk about his suffering. But when you when you speaking, look, I didn't saw Many times my wife came to me and said something I preached about, but I don't even remember saying it. 
I say, I say that. I don't even remember saying. See, when you're speaking under the anointing and God is using you and speaking through you, you don't really know all the time what's coming out of your mouth because it's not you who's speaking. So some of these things that they were saying, this was revelation that was given to them by God. And all they, all they was doing is just giving the prophecy or words that came from God that was pointing towards Christ. Because everything, every chapter we read in here is a picture of him. If you can, see, we can understand it now, or, or, or maybe I can, because I already know that Christ has came. And he's on his way back. I know about him. They didn't know about him. They had never saw him or heard about him. It was just them giving revelation concerning him that some people wasn't on that level to understand. Even Jesus said to his disciples, he said, people have eyes and see not, and have ears and hear not, and have a heart and they perceive not. He said, but for you, he talked to his disciples, he said, but for you, these things is for you to understand. Some people, like I said, been in church 40 years. That don't mean that they was there learning. You ask a lot of questions because you want to know. And this is what Jesus told his disciples. See, these things is for you to know. Because how can you teach somebody else if you haven't been taught? Even Paul said, while we should be teachers, we yet being taught. We're still learning. Some people can't go witness because they can't really stand up under the pressure of questioning by the person who they want to witness to. The only thing that they can witness about is their own personal experience that they didn't have with God, what God had done for them, whether he healed them, whether he took care of them. But the gospel goes much farther than that. Teaching people or telling people concerning Christ, it goes much farther about what he done for you. We got to tell people who he is. Not only what he done for you, but what, but who he is. What he is to the world. What he is to people as a whole. What he did in order for you to secure your your gift of salvation. And when you talk to some people, just like we talking in the study right now, there's question you're asking. And when and if you go out and try and talk to somebody that may have read the Bible but don't understand it. Because I, like I told you, when I first got saved, I used to have a little pocket Bible it was about the size of a pack of cigarettes. I used to keep it in my pocket. And every time I went on break or went on lunch, I will go sit out in the courtyard in the project, and I'd just read. But I didn't know what I was reading. And for some reason, I'd go to Bible study that night, and some of the stuff I read, the pastor would bring these things out, and then my understanding would open up to me because I wanted to know. In order for you to gain understanding from the word of God, you've got to want to know these things. Yes, you've got to want to know these things. What did, they, what did Solomon ask God for? He said, look, I'm a young man. He said, I know not how to go out or how to come back in. He said, these great people that you have, these so great a people that can't be numbered for the sands up on the seashore, or the stars that's in the sky, he said, how can, I, how can I, I lead these people? Give me an understanding heart, Lord, that I may judge righteously before your people. 
And the Bible said that these things please God. And God spoke to him in a dream and said, look, you haven't asked for the, for the life of your enemy. You haven't asked for riches. You haven't even asked for long life. But you ask for an understanding heart that you may rule over my people. He said, look, tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you what you asked me for, and I'm going to make you the more wisest man that ever lived. There wouldn't be none before you and none after you that would have the wisdom that you would have. He said, I'm going to give you riches that you even, didn't even ask for. Solomon, you talking about a billionaire? That's what Solomon's going to become, a multi-billionaire. What, 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 a tri- what, what come after the billion, the trillions, eh? That's where Solomon's going to be in that realm. Because he's going to have people from other countries coming throwing stuff at his feet. And, and, and the same way he's going he gonna to do it, he's going to tear it all down. You have not? Dealing with, but you did it good. Why did it? But somebody, 
you let go. And see, when you let go, the enemy steps in. The enemy steps in. Could you imagine where you could be at if you just would have kept on? Huh. If you would have just kept on. And that's what everybody, you understand me? It thought off strong. It thought off very strong. You just thought, I just saw people join the church just to get in their choir.
Took a toll just to get all of that stuff here. Thank 
You know the first the first thing he gonna he gonna take care once he set up his cabinet the very first thing he gonna take care is the building of God's house. That's the very first thing he gonna take care. He gonna do that in honor of who? His father David. Because David had it in his heart, but because David was a man of war, God told him, "I'm gonna let your son do it." Because you're a man of war now. You can't, you, in other words, what God was saying when he told him that, if he's a man of war, you never know when you got to go out to war to protect the nation. You might have to go out to war because at that time, they, they used to fight with the Philistines left and right. So David was a man of war. And what the Bible says, no man placed his hand to the gospel plow and looked back. And so God told him, say, look, you're a man of war. I'm not going to allow you to build a house. No telling when war might break out and you have to stop building on my house. See, once we start, God is saying you ain't supposed to be stopping or turning around and putting your hand to anything else other than what he didn't call you to do. And so he gave Solomon, if you read the scripture, the Bible says he gave Solomon peace, that every man was up under his fig tree. When he when talk about that, he's giving you was giving you the understanding that everybody was taking it easy. Everybody had it peaceful and comfortable. Didn't have to worry about nobody attacking them at war or none of that because of the wisdom of Solomon, how he had things set up. And so every man, the Bible said, was up under his fig tree, and they was eating, drinking, and making merry. Because they didn't have to worry about no war. So now, once he get all of this set up, the very next chapter you're going to see where he's going to start building the house of God. And how are you going to be able to start building the house of God so soon? Although David was not allowed to build, it didn't stop him from putting stuff up in store. You're going to see it in the next chapter where David put up a lot of stuff in store. He stored up a lot of stuff. So when Solomon came there, he had stuff already to start with. Huh? That's the first structure. Because before Solomon built it, the house of God was a tent. The same tent that they walked through the wilderness with. The same tent that they walked through the wilderness with coming out of Egypt. Yes. God knows how to keep you. You know how to keep things. Now, what do you think the tents was made of? Sheepskin and stuff. Animals, that's right. That stuff didn't wither. That stuff didn't wither. That stuff was, was, was strong. And you know what else I'm going to hear? And the people are so amazed how Solomon, the animals, understanding that God had created and told Adam, understanding, but they said how he was sitting 
Yes. He's, he's using that to give them a spiritual understanding about things that, that's the same thing Jesus did. He talks about, he said, when the farmer went out to sow, he sowed some seeds fell upon good ground, some fell upon thorns and thistles and things of that nature. He talked about farming, he talked about fishing, about things that people was familiar with. And this is what they're talking about, about Solomon, about when he talked about the Proverbs. He used the Proverbs to explain spiritual things concerning earthly uh, meaning. Because he talked about the ant. Something as small as the ant, he said, said the ant don't take no break. All summer long, when people are on vacation, the ant is out there working. You see a line of ants. He's building that mound for what? For the winter. And, and I, look, let me tell you something. I'm going to say this. And if anybody has something they want to say, you can say it or ask questions. You remember when you were dealing with the choir? We had something here, I believe, at the church. And Pastor Piper and them, they came to that service. Jiring and them saying, and you remember when they invited us to come over to the church? You don't remember when we went over there and ran that service? I forget what the service was, but we was in charge of that service. And you know who he said he wanted to say? Those little kids. He said, man, bring them babies. I want them babies. You, you remember? You had them, them kids in, in such order that he was amazed by it that he invited us to come run a service at his church. And he said, I want the babies to sing. Jaron and, and Quan and all of them sang. Naya uh, and, and, and Kayla, all of them sang. That ought to, you know, that's saying something about, you know, you, you, you got a gift. You know, now, the same way you're talking about this, you have a lot of churches, especially traditional churches, set up like this. They call them auxiliaries. Each person have something. They have the 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 pastor's aid. They have the 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 the, the uh, aid to decorate the church and so so on and so on. Everybody have a group of people out of that church that they took and put over a certain thing. When you see they have certain church anniversaries or pastor's anniversaries, well, this is from the pastor's aid. They bring a, a donation. And this is from the junior choir. This is from the usher boat. All of those different auxiliaries. They show their part that they did in that, in that church. The church is one church. It's one body. But it's made up of different auxiliaries. Our, our government is one government. But it's made up of different bodies. The church is one body. One faith. One Lord. And one baptism. We all made up of the same. And we look, you hear people say, can't no one person do everything, but everybody can do something. And this is what this is talking about, how Solomon set these things up and the people that he chose to get this work done that he knew that he encountered. Why? This is family and friends. What we just had Sunday, Sunday before last, family and friends. And if anybody want to see you succeed, it should be your family. And you know, 
seven young ladies that was in Why do you And the devil will come right there and try to shake your foundation. He come there, you understand me? Do witness good. But when you witness good, and if you don't use the greatness that God has in you, this is where the devil comes. Hey, I'm not going to lie now, I'll just go after this. Your greatness problem. Your greatest trial of being your house. Your greatest trial is you can pass these out in your house. But but you know you got to believe in what you have. You got to believe that what you have is just as important than, than what anybody else has. You know, when you were saying that, what came to my mind is about that place where she, where she went to manage that. That place was in chaos. In chaos. And it took her. Yeah. It took her to. Yeah. Now, if she can do that at Chile, if she can put herself in a place to put Chile together, that's a, that's a business with a whole bunch of people that was out of order. But God have a way of showing you your gift.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.